It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple, and wherever you get your podcasts from. It is the middle of our working real estate week, and it's a Wednesday, August the 16th. And I tell you what, uh, a few weeks ago we were talking about Turak and the five most expensive suburbs in Melbourne for property. Turak is there at number one. Number two is Brighton. Number three is Hawthorne. Number four is Melbourne. And then, of course, number five is Armadale. Today, we are taking you to Turak in Melbourne to get a bit of a sense of the premium property market there with Antoinette Nido from RT. Edgar because she is fresh back from a London trip to discuss the luxury real estate trends and drawing some parallels back to the market in Melbourne. Antoinette, I understand that this is your first trip to London, so you must have been wide-eyed and taking everything in when you landed. Yes, it was a fabulous global city like no other. A lot of similarities to Melbourne. First observation would be the weather. We we did dinner and a show in the West End and got rained on, mm. which was interesting. Beautiful parklands in the city, a very vibrant cultural scene, a very vibrant dining and retail scene, lots of parks throughout the city. Not to mention, of course, one of the big things that I took away from London is just the architecture, just that point of difference. Absolutely stunning. So we stayed in South Kensington and the architecture there is just beautiful. If you had to compare it to Melbourne, something like you might see in St Vincent's Gardens, St Vincent's Place or East Melbourne or even Park Place in South Yarra, but just absolutely stunning architecture. All right. Well, it sounds like you had a great time there in London. We will come back and draw some parallels, as I mentioned at the top. So we're going to sort of do some comparisons back to Melbourne. We'll discover what $20 million Australian can purchase you in Knightsbridge, for example. So we'll do all of that with Antoinette in just a moment. Each week, we bring you in-depth real estate discussions, including inspiring stories from homeowners, knowledge real estate professionals and economists. Whether you're a buyer, seller or just a real estate enthusiast, we are your ultimate property podcast. And right now it's time for another 30-second property tip. We are catching up with Brett in Brisbane. And good morning to you, Brett. What have you got for us this morning? Good morning, Craig. I'm thinking today about sellers who uh, wonder whether they should have a building and pest inspection done before they put their property on the market. And I have a couple of clear categories about how that might be. If the house is a total renovator, my view is not to because the buyers will want to do the work themselves because um, they'll want their own building and pest inspection. But if the house is in beautiful condition, I always encourage it. But the thing is, nobody wants live pests. Nobody wants termites. So, 
even if you choose not to have a building and pest a building inspection, make sure you have a pest inspection that guarantees there's no there's no activity on the house. So that might help with some people wondering what to do. Ready to take your real estate knowledge to the next level? So are we. Well, regional Australia has seen 103 suburbs with median house or unit prices exceeding a million bucks. That is according to Domain, driven by sea and tree changes. Now, the data from Domain's house price report reveals these suburbs are mainly in New South Wales and Queensland, with a few in Victoria and the ACT. Working from home options options. Hasn't that absolutely accelerated this trend? Areas like Wollongong, Newcastle and Geelong have all seen a similar surge. While the market has cooled in some areas, interest rate rises have impacted decisions, but a pause might strengthen it again. And affordability and seeking value in these areas are going to contribute to their growth in the future. And they talk about a newcomer suburb of Bungendore. I don't know where that is. I'll have to find out. We'll bring you some news about Bungendore in the next couple of weeks because their report is showing that that area is showing the power of affordability. Well, if you're turning a year older today for... For August the 16th, to tell you what, it's all about the the 60s because our celebrities are all in their 60s today, including the top of the tree, Madonna. She is turning, that is incredible, she's turning 65. Steve Carell is 61. Angela Bassett is 65. James Cameron, 68. And Timothy Hutton is turning 62. So if you are celebrating and you are in your 60s, a special happy birthday shout out to you. Let's fuel your passion for property together. Join us along with our industry experts to help inspire and inform your next real estate decision. It's the main centre forecast. And around the country, let's do it. Let's check on our weather words. And in Sydney today, cloudy with a chance of rain, 18 degrees. Melbourne, look at that. You are off 13 degrees for your high today. You are sitting on 17 degrees because blue skies and sunshine today. Brisbane, mainly fine with 24, a little bit of cloud cover. And in Perth, expecting a mainly fine one with maybe a shower this morning and your high of 18 degrees. Every morning from 6am across Australia, we deliver you the latest property news, commentary and predictions from Perth to Cairns and from Melbourne to Brisbane, seven days a week, only on The Real Estate Podcast. And it is a Wednesday morning. We are back with Antoinette Nido from RT Edgar. And this week we are focusing on luxury living in London, of course, one of the most expensive cities globally, ranked fourth in the world. Antoinette, how would you characterise the luxury property market in London for 2023 and how will it perform, do you reckon, in the next year? 
I think the luxury market in 2023 is buoyant and it's uh, gaining momentum following COVID and Brexit, which really affected that market. And whilst it is buoyant, the prices have still not recovered from the 2015 lull. But on a scale compared to Melbourne, the values are extraordinary. The key thing about the London market is the amount of foreign ownership of some of their prime real estate in central London, which was a focus of my field trip. 80% of the buyers in Knightsbridge, for example, are from outside the UK. And a big group there is the Middle East, in particular, the Arab foreign buyer. This escalated in 23, but this is a phenomena that started in the 70s following the price oil shock. And that started with them buying up beautiful mansions in Knightsbridge as a second home and as a base in central London. And uh, what segments of the market did you look at on your field trip for 2023 in London? So I focused similar to what I do in Turak in the 10 million plus bracket and I looked at central London. So places like, you know, Knightsbridge, Westminster, South Kensington, Belgravia, Mayfair and Chelsea. And these are traditionally very sought after areas and comparable, as you would say, to, you know, Turak, South Yarra, East Melbourne, Armidale, very comparable. So if you're a wealthy international buyer looking for a central base in London or as a second home, this is where you're going to be looking. And what is the global buyer profile, do you think? And how does that sort of compare with the Melbourne market, if you can do the comparison? It's a good question. Um, In short, the profile of the global buyer in London is rich They are discerning and they come mainly from Middle East, but it's a real melting pot. Post the pandemic, London is seeing an influx of Chinese and Hong Kong buyers and they tend to typically be, you know, bankers or tech people. The key thing about the profile of the buyer is that they're buying as a second home and they're buying for lifestyle reasons, which is quite extraordinary when you have a look at the prices. So some notable examples is, you know, the Swiss billionaire Ernesto Becherelli, he spent £92 million on an 80-room mansion in Belgravia, complete with a 20-metre swimming pool, luxury gym and cinema. One of our own Aussie icons, Kylie Minogue, she bought a penthouse in One Hyde Park um, some years ago. But that's the sort of um, profile buyer that is that London attracts. If you have a look at the demand currently that is going on in London, how does the demand compare to Melbourne or more in particular to Turak? What is it attracts foreign investment, be it London or Turak, is great lifestyle amenity and social infrastructure. So things like, you know, great schools, great health. And London, like Melbourne, is seen as a safe haven politically, a very safe place to park your money, which has been particularly important in really sort of volatile economic times. 
And of course, with this trip that you did to to London, all of your observations, how, how does that affect the the Melbourne market with with your sort of lens in terms of coming back into the market there in Melbourne's, as you say, sort of concentrating on that ten million plus price range there in Turak? Is a consistent divergence between the impact of rising inflation and interest rates, how that compares the top end of the market, say 10 million plus, it has very little effect. It's a it's it's a strong market and I see it going from strength to strength in Turak, similar to London. But it's a different story in that five million dollar bracket. I think that's one of the key things that, that is a takeout. I think what is interesting in the parallels between the two, Savills did a study showing that 70% of the global buyer in London pays cash, which is quite extraordinary. And my observation in Turak, for example, four out of eight of my 10 million plus sales in Turak last financial year were to foreign buyers, mainly from China and Hong Kong. Anecdotally, this is comparing that, say, you know, 50% of the the sales that I did in that price bracket were to foreign buyers, and that compares to 80% in Knightsbridge. Now, London is a major global capital of the world, so that's not surprising for that, but that, that is a very surprising parallel. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. Antoinette, uh, you have yourself a fantastic uh, Wednesday in Turak there in Melbourne. And thanks for coming back on to the Real Estate Breakfast this morning. Okay. Thanks, Craig. Don't navigate the real estate market alone. Let us help guide you in the world of real estate every day. Make better informed decisions with the latest news and insights. Well, let's turn our attention to the RBA. What did you think, Tara, with regard to that decision being handed down by the Reserve Bank? Look, I have to say I was a little surprised. Don't want to be negative, but I don't see it holding. I see that there's there'll be a couple more rate rises in the coming months. And what about you will yeah it certainly appears that the rba are just taking a wait and see approach but much the same as tara you you would expect the the interest rates to continue to rise and uh, inflation still a real issue that needs to be addressed around the country which um, you know interest rates is the lever to pull we connect you to the best real estate information across australia the real estate podcast 